So today is the 1st of August, 2021. So we see that it's the uh, eighth month of the year, 2021, and just about five months are left till the end of the year, 2021. So we see that time passes quickly. The days and nights are ever passing, ever passing by. And the Buddha taught the bhikkhus this uh, the way of practice to contemplate the Dhamma continuously, to contemplate on the ten reflections for those gone forth. And this is uh, a way of contemplating suitable for one who, see, one who sees the drawbacks in samsara, the endless cycle of birth and death. So one contemplates the days and nights ever arising and ceasing, and this is the way of nature. One sees that the sun rises, uh, passes through the sky, and then sets and changes to night. And one sees this as dhamma. And really we consider that the sun isn't going anywhere. It's the world that's uh, rotating and the and the earth uh, rotates and also orbits around the sun. The sun isn't uh, actually rising and setting, but conventionally speaking, uh, we say that the sun rises and isn't rises and sets because that's what we uh, observe. But in truth, the world is going around the sun and rotating. So we contemplate this, and we contemplate that time. Uh, swallows itself, it swallows all beings, uh, all life. Whether it's uh, a human being or an animal and so on, that time swallows them all, swallows all the seconds and minutes and hours and days that are ever arising and ceasing and passing by. It swallows them all and also swallows itself. It swallows all beings. So this is the way it is. It's like this. And for ourselves, we uh, have this quality of uh, ignorance, delusion, of uh, being drunk or heedless in the world. And we see that living in a heedless way in no long time, uh, life is over, uh, one's life ends particularly at this time in history, uh, life can feel particularly uncertain and unsure. And we see this uncertainty around us a lot. So we see that uh, sometimes someone feels sick and they get uh, inspected for the COVID-19 virus and perhaps the virus isn't found. But then they they drive home from the test and then they may have a, a car accident. So we see life is unsure like this. Life can end uh, quickly like this. And this is about karma. It's all about uh, one's karma. So we see that everything uh, that happens, it's related to our karma. We're born according to our karma 
and experience the fruits, the results of our karma. And so getting sick is also about our karma. Uh, Some individuals recover from illness, uh, some don't recover, and this is related to karma. So whether it's the COVID illness or another illness, we see that it's uh, impermanent, it's uncertain, our life is unsure. So people have this quality of heedlessness, being drunk or lost. uh, Given this quality of uh, drunkenness and heedlessness, they don't seek a way out of this situation of suffering. But for individuals with more uh, intelligence and discernment, then they seek a way out of this predicament. Because we don't want suffering, we don't want pain. But having been born, we must experience suffering, must experience death. And we've experienced uh, birth and death more times than we can count. We've experienced it a lot. So given that we've experienced more births and deaths than we can count, having been born, why do we still fear death? We can say it's because the nature of ignorance is this way. Having been born, we have clinging and attachment. And having this attachment, we don't want to be separated from that to which we are attached. We like something and we don't want to part with it. And that which we like and are attached to, which is of critical importance, is our bodies. That which the mind, the jitta, the knowing element, loves the most is the body. This is because uh, of ignorance, clinging to the body as self, as me and mine. So having been born, we have the self arise with regard to all things, uh, clinging to the body, uh, clinging to all the various uh, uh, sense experience and experience of life as me and mine. And then we experience old age, uh, sickness, separation from the loved, And this is a cause for suffering to arise. So we can say we have this uh, suffering, and the suffering, just like all beings, has a mother and father. So having been born, all uh, human beings and animals and so on have a mother and have a father. This is uh, nature. This is how it is. And we can consider that suffering... Uh, dukkha also has a mother and father. The mother and father of dukkha is ignorance. So this ignorance in our minds uh, creates and makes uh, clinging and attachment. It produces them like a factory. We can say ignorance is like a huge factory, the biggest factory in all the world. And it's constantly producing this attachment and clinging all the time this uh, attachment and liking. So we like something a lot. We get lost in it a lot, lost in the enjoyment and pleasure of it. So with this liking, it creates a lot of uh, being lost in the world. Whatever it is we like, we get lost in that thing. We don't see the drawbacks in it. We see just that which we like and that which we're attached to, and we're lost in that, 
liking, lost in that enjoyment. We can compare it to a bee seeking its uh, food. It's seeking out the sweet nectar, uh, the sugar, so that it can uh, use that as food and make honey with it and so on. But the sugar has the quality of uh, stickiness and thickness. So if the bee uh, goes to this uh, sticky sugary nectar and stick its leg in and the leg gets stuck, and it sticks the other leg in, and perhaps part of its body or its head or face, and all these body parts progressively get stuck in it, and it gets to the point where it's completely stuck and it can't escape. So this is just like ignorance, delusion, and liking. These things which make beings constantly cycle around in the cycle of birth and death this ignorance which produces liking and disliking, this wanting to have, wanting uh, wanting to be, and this disliking, not wanting, not wanting to know, not wanting to see, not wanting to hear, not wanting to experience. So it's not that there's only liking, there's disliking as well. And with uh, sensual pleasures, it's not that uh, sense experience is entirely uh, painful. It does have some value for us, some pleasure and happiness in it, but it has suffering as well. And the Buddha taught that these sense uh, pleasures have a little bit of happiness, but a lot of suffering. So we see that the quality of ignorance creates a lot of suffering for us. <clears throat> a lot of suffering for us. So whatever we like, we're born there and we have suffering with that. And this uh, varies according to the individual. So we may experience lack and then we have uh, desire or liking to have more. So we make effort uh, to get more, to get more pleasure, to have more of that which we want to improve our uh, situation in life but we may not make any effort to overcome suffering. This is because of the quality of ignorance uh, present in the mind. And given this situation, the knowing element uh, still suffers because the mother and father are still there, still producing the causes of suffering. And yet, no one wants suffering. You can ask your own heart, uh, do you want suffering? And of course, no one wants suffering. Every All beings want happiness, and no beings want suffering. And you can ask your body, do you want old age? Uh, do you want sickness? And of course, you don't want that. You don't want it, but you have to receive it. You have to receive old age, receive sickness, and receive death. And individuals don't want the COVID virus but still a great many people uh, get the virus and are infected with the virus. And we say this is the karma of people in the world today. We see that people live in, uh, they live in a small building or go to work in a small enclosed space, for instance, an office with uh, air conditioning without a lot of airflow. And these are envir environments that COVID really likes. 
if one's out in the open air in nature or working outside, then it's difficult to spread the virus in this type of environment. But nowadays it's common to have uh, closed environments or air-conditioned environments. For instance, in the past there were only a few factories and only a little bit of uh, air conditioning. So, but now they've increased. So we see with the worldly development, with material development, uh, problems also increase as well. So we contemplate this as nature, contemplate it as natural. Contemplate that no one wants old age, sickness and death, but that's the way nature is. And this is uh, an ignorance clinging to things as self, ignorance seeing the body as self, the mind as self. And this is being lost. We can compare it to someone saying, oh, you should go east, uh, go to the, in the eastern direction, but then you go to the west, you go in the western direction. So it's being lost to this degree not finding a way out of this situation. Having been born, we're lost and we don't find a way out. And then we can't. We've been doing this for such a long time, we can't count the number of births and deaths we've experienced. Only the Buddha was able to find a way out of this predicament. Because his thinking was not the same as everyone else around him, not the same as his father, who wanted him to live a worldly life. But the Buddha's thinking as a bodhisattva was higher than this. He wished to seek a way out of suffering, just like the various ascetics and wise people, uh, practitioners at that time. They were also seeking a way out of suffering. They were uh, wealthy in terms of mental development, but still at that time in India, they couldn't find the way out of suffering. They didn't know what should one do to overcome suffering. They didn't know the way out. So they developed samadhi, this quality of unification of mind. Because they saw if the mind lacks samadhi, then it's just uh, agitated and thinking here and there and lacking strength and energy. The mind receives all the various moods and sense impressions and chases after all of them as well and clings to the body and clings to sense experience and attaches to it. And whatever one likes, one must be separated from that. All the beings that one loves, one separated from, and then suffering arises. For instance, separating from those that we love can create a lot of Suffering, like separating from one's father, this can be very difficult. Not having one to care for oneself, this can be a, a great amount of suffering. And perhaps society doesn't care for that individual, and they don't have a mother as well. They don't have enough of the four requisites of food, a shelter, medicine, and clothing, and perhaps not enough love either. So we can see that without a mother and father, a child really lacks uh, everything. And if the individual has merit, then uh, people 
can care for them with loving kindness and compassion. So this is a good fortune. But if one does not have that, then one's life is incredibly difficult, uh, very uh, hard to bear. So for those who have, they practice sharing to those who don't have. And we think, we practice thinking that we're all in the same family. Uh, we're all uh, family members together. And thinking in this way, then society can be peaceful. When people in society help each other like this, then that society meets with success and problems. Uh, there's no problem uh, at all. Success can be found through this quali these qualities of sacrifice, uh, giving, and harmony. Sometimes we see this in nature as well, that various other beings uh, share and sacrifice. We can look at even the case of ants uh, sharing a water droplet. We can think of this as a Dhamma teaching. So people, when they practice the cultivation of loving-kindness, uh, when they're cultivating the quality of loving-kindness, they may practice this with their food, for instance, their leftover food. They may discard that food uh, in the forest, uh, for instance, or somewhere where ants can get it, and they think to themselves that this is uh, food for those ants and for those small creatures. For, in for instance, washing one's alms bowl, and then one discards whatever leftover food or grains of rice are in the alms bowl, and then having discarded that leftover food into the environment, one thinks that may this food be for all the small creatures and insects and so on. May they all uh, partake of this uh, food and water and be nourished by it. This is something I've read before, that this is one way to cultivate loving kindness. Even we can see uh, ten ants can all share a single drop of water. They have this quality of sharing. So ourselves, we hear, we consider that we have a lot of parmi, a lot of spiritual merit in our own hearts that we have this quality of sharing and helping others, particularly at this difficult time in the world, something that's very hard to find is the COVID vaccine. So wealthier countries who have the vaccine practice to share it with other countries that don't have enough of the vaccine. And if a country is lacking food, then countries with food share food to those that need it so that we're all able to live in this world. So this, these are ways to cultivate loving-kindness in order to uh, have victory over ignorance and delusion. Because this ignorance and delusion, it uh, only gives us suffering. It simply uh, causes only suffering for us. And the suffering, no one wants it. But the suffering has a cause. So for the suffering to end, the cause uh, must end. One takes away the cause of suffering, and suffering must end as well. 
and it's possible for no suffering to arise. This is something that's possible to experience. And we can look back to the story of Venerable Sariputta when he was known as uh, Upatissa, listening to Venerable Asaji teach the Dhamma. Uh, the first time that Venerable Sariputta was able to hear the Dharma and is able to understand clearly that it's uh, all things arise and cease uh, just that much. And based on this teaching, Venerable Sariputta was able to enter uh, the stream of Dhamma and he became the right-hand disciple of the Buddha, the disciple foremost in wisdom, the marshal of the Dhamma. Uh, and this all started with listening uh, to this brief teaching that all dhammas arise based on causes. With the cessation of those causes, those dhammas cease as well. So Venerable Sariputta was one who was very, very well learned, very intelligent. He had understood many, many teachings already. But just hearing this one short teaching from Venerable Asaji, and he was able to realize uh, Sotapanna stream entry. He saw all things as not self, that there was just dhammas arising, staying for a little while, and then ceasing uh, just that much. And so the mind that's lost, we consider our minds are lost in the past, thinking of various pleasures and pains that we've experienced. And we consider that all minds have pleasure and suffering because of ignorance. Even uh, samadhi is based on ignorance as well. But this is a, a more refined, a better, it's better than before. The ignorance of a person with samadhi, it's uh, still an ignorance there, but it's the ignorance uh, not of a, person with thick defilements and not a person, uh, kalyanachana, a beautiful being, but it's the ignorance of one with samadhi. But still, the samadhi alone is not enough to cut off ignorance. So we have to consider that, how does one think with the quality of ignorance? One thinks that the six senses of uh, taste, uh, touch, smell, uh, sight, uh, and mental formations all have pleasure and have happiness in them, and one doesn't see the drawbacks. But with the mind gathered in samadhi, one comes back and takes another look at it and sees that it's like uh, sweet water, that we get stuck in the pleasure of it. We don't see the, the drawbacks. But really, that's what leads us to old age, sickness, uh, death, and suffering of all types. It's because of this quality of birth. Because with birth, there must follow old age, sickness, and death. It's like this. So therefore, contemplate the drawbacks in the world. And this quality of ignorance, we can call it the stream of the world, the flow of the world. Therefore, we practice going against this, the current of the world. We see that all these things of the world, they're all the cause of suffering. 
but clinging to them uh, gives us nothing but suffering. And none of us want suffering. So therefore we need to cease the causes of suffering in order to end suffering. And this is the way that the Buddha taught, the Buddha taught to practice in this way. And the Krubhajans as well, like Mumpucha, taught this way to have generosity, to practice giving. For instance, for the laity to, um, to give food on the alms round, to be well established in virtue and to practice meditation to practice the five precepts uh, every day, and on the lunar observance days, the eight precepts. And when these qualities are ready, then one's happiness uh, increases more and more. And with this happiness, then one considers that one wants peace of mind as well, one wants collectedness as well. So we see that all People are interested in getting material wealth and money and possessions and so on. They all want the things of this world. So why aren't people interested in Dhamma? Because this Dhamma, it's something, it's a wealth that we're all capable of achieving. We're all capable of practicing the five precepts, practicing uh, generosity and sacrifice. This is something we can do practice dana, sila, and bhavana to make our minds uh, peaceful in samadhi and in all the four postures of sitting, standing, walking, lying down can make effort to be mindful, to chant buddho, dhammo, sangho, to have a lot of mindfulness, not to let our mindfulness go, but to practice to bring our minds to peace and collectedness. And we teach our mind not to get carried away by liking and disliking. And when one trains the mind like this, then the mind can gather in samadhi, and this can give rise to great uh, rapture and contentment and fullness in the heart. But still one must remember that this is not yet nibbana. This is uh, the pleasure of samadhi, but it's not the final goal. It's not nibbana. So contemplate like this. Contemplate that ignorance uh, leads us to cling to things as self. But Ouija, or clear knowing, knows that things are not self, not a me or a mine. And this gives uh, power and energy to the mind. So when there's ignorance, then there's proliferation of things as self. But with clear knowing, then there's no proliferation. There's uh, just sankharas that are known clearly in time. So practice like this, and practicing in this way, one's able to understand and see the Dhamma clearly. One able to cut off the sense of self. So in the beginning, we practice to realize uh, stream entry this is something that's not difficult if one has uh, firm intent and one sets their heart on the practice. We can compare it to studying to get a bachelor's degree. First one studies in uh, uh, primary school, then secondary school, and this takes uh, many years. 
maybe uh, 12 years or so, and then another four years of university to get the bachelor's degree and then uh, going to work as well. So we see that this takes many years. It takes a long time uh, to get this degree and to achieve uh, proficiency in this way. So we compare that to Dhamma practitioners that may only practice for just six months and may uh, ask themselves, oh, why haven't I got samadhi? Why haven't I got the results I want? And this is because it's not time. This is uh, expecting it too quickly. However, it is possible to get results very quickly if one has sufficient uh, spiritual virtues accumulated from the past. One's able to realize uh, very quickly if there one has the parami, just like Venerable Sariputta. Upon hearing this first teaching, he was able to realize um, sotapanna because he had already practiced samadhi uh, to a high degree listening to the Dhamma, he was able to see the Dhamma. And then after that, in no long time, he was able to practice and realize a full awakening, arahantship. And he realized the, to be the arahant of the highest type. And he actually could have realized arahantship of the highest type a very long time ago already, but he made the determination to be the right-hand disciple of a Buddha to be the foremost in wisdom in that lifetime. So therefore he had to build parami for another long period of time. But his retinue of 84,000 ascetics in that uh, past life a long time ago, they all succeeded and realized arahantship in that lifetime. But Venerable Sariputta did not, because of his determination, to realize uh, being the right-hand disciple of a Buddha and being the foremost in wisdom, being the marshal of the Dhamma. So we see that for him it was uh, slower than his uh, companions because of his high level of wisdom and knowledge uh, had to go slower for him. So therefore don't be sad, don't be distressed if it goes slower for you. For some people it's faster, for some people it's slower. And this is according to one's past parami, one's past karma that one has built. So whatever the case, one goes and practices with loving kindness and compassion. One practices uh, meditation. One practices with, with, with one's kamatana, and in the end, one's able to see the Dhamma. And one practices going against the flow of the world, contemplates arising and ceasing, contemplates not to be heedless, not to be lost in ignorance, and consider that this life, we practice heedfulness to see in the present moment, to see things arise and cease, to see that clearly. Because in the present day, we see that there's a lot of death all over the world. And we haven't, for ourselves, we are still alive. We haven't died yet. 
So this is our good fortune, our good merit uh, for us to still be alive. So therefore we set our hearts on the practice. For instance, chanting it to be so 108 times, many rounds in a day, up to uh, 10 rounds in a single day. So we practice and train our minds, and do this evenly and consistently, practice with the quality of heedfulness. And we do this, and we do this continually, and in the end we'll be able to understand the, the truth of the way things are and meet with uh, true happiness in our lives. And we see that the Sotapanna, one who has entered the stream of the Dhamma, is one who doesn't carry the world. They're not interested in uh, carrying the world around, not interested in worldly wealth or possessions or praise or gain or uh, fame or disrepute or pleasure and pain and so on, the eight worldly winds, uh, gain, gain and loss and so on. Because the Sotapanna has cut off the sense of self. They're going with the flow of the Dhamma. They are cutting off the causes of suffering and going ever higher, uh, cutting off the sense of self uh, one bit at a time. And eventually realizing uh, the state of uh, not-self completely, of the arahant, the fully awakened being, the arahant which doesn't have uh, any clinging any attachment to anything at all. There's no sense of self, no clinging to anything as self whatsoever. Because the fully awakened being, the arahant, has cut off all clinging and attachment completely. And the arahant doesn't get anything. They don't receive anything. They don't cling to anything. They don't cling to any materiality or any mentality as well. It's all something uh, that they don't want, that they don't have, they no longer are interested in. They put it all down completely. It's the knowing element with no sense of self there at all. So may you all set your hearts on this practice, whether monastics or laity, may you all be intent uh, in your practice. <laughs>